Hello, everyone. Welcome to today's episode. I'm Ian Peterman, host of Conscious Design Podcast. And with me today is Adam Hook, Director of Sales for SolarPod. They're a pretty amazing company, and they are able to place their solar panels on top of instead of bolting them and screwing them into your roof, damaging it. And one of the things I love about what you guys have done is that you're, as we were just talking about before, is you are a engineer and design first solar company rather than some of the other first things that come before other solar panels. So first, thank thank you for being on here and, and welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Perfect. So tell us a little bit more about, you know, being a design and engineering first. What is that? How does that differentiate you from you know, the many solar companies that are sprouting up and, and servicing people all over the world now? Yeah. So what happens here is if let's say you want to get solar on your house and there are some different ways that you can do that, but for their honestly, primarily the same way. So the way that people tend to install solar is that they put uh, leg bolts on two by fours that are under the roof and that's how they're able to secure them. And for mechanical strength, yeah, it works well. There's a small problem with that. And I'll show you here is that as you're trying to install something on a roof, so this is a, a you know, an analog here. What happens here is that you're trying to secure it uh, to a stud and it's kind of hard to see where the studs are here. And so right here, that's to size what the stud is. I don't know if you can see that or not, but it's just a small little line there on the roof. That's what you're trying to hit. In reality, it's this big. And you're trying to take a, 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 a bolt, a leg bolt, and then secure it. What happens here is you're not able to really see where that is as you're trying to secure that to the roof. And uh, a lot of times what happens, you have old houses, and they'll actually warp. So they won't be straight down. They will warp as they're going, as they're mm. uh, coming through here. And that's think, just how the wood is. And then we talked about too, the stud finders don't work because you're trying to go through a really thick <laughs> roof with all the shingles and everything on it. So it's not like you can detect it either really, really easily. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. And so even even yesterday, uh, we were talking to one of our customers. We, we um, uh, Ask them for a video recommendation. They have a, a roof that's, I don't know if this is the best way to explain it. It is like a cliche to a haunted house where it, it has a really steep slope, kind of scooping roof. And uh, if you look at traditional ways of installing that, it just, it wouldn't work out. Um, so what we're able to do is we're able to put some racking that then lays on top of it. And the way that that would work, at least in this analog, is you would just be able to place uh, place that on top. Now, you're gonna say, well, what about wind? And that's a consideration that we have. Uh, a lot of people ask that kind of question. Well, we've rated this for an excess of 130 miles an hour, and we've installed over a thousand of these. One of the things that's interesting, I'll show you some pictures of our installs. One of the interesting things is that we have some installs in Florida, and Tampa, Florida is one of the examples. They've already sustained uh, some hurricane uh, periods. Now, if you're looking at 130 miles an hour, 129 miles an hour is category three. So anything in excess of that is category four. Now, again, if you're talking about uh, 130 you know, some miles an hour of wind, well, 
I'm going to, I hate to break it to you, but the solar is not the biggest thing you should be worrying about. You should be worrying about stones and, and bicycles and trees floating in the air. Uh, so we're, we're far over uh, for the design wind speed, far over anything that, that is, is common. Um, the other part of it is snow. So some people think, well, are you just going to trap snow underneath? Uh, stop here. There you go. Are you just going to trap snow underneath? And then what's going to happen? Well, we have some installations in Truckee, California, which gets 240 inches of snow on average a year. That is uh, 20 feet of snow. And uh, those uh, systems are still operational. So uh, again, um, you know, it's, it's easy for somebody to look at uh, something that is uh, disruptive and say, well, it's not the same way that most people do a thing, but at the same point in time, there's people like uh, myself and uh, the other um, very capable people in the company here um, that look at it and say, well, we want something better. We want something better design that services more people and does a, a better way of, of delivering value to our customers. Well, I, I, when we were talking about this before, I, I looking at your design, it's it's able to go on roofs that you normally can't mount a solar panel to in the first place. So you're already like increasing the number of people who even have access to it. But it's also the installation process is less damaging and quicker. It takes less less time. You're on the roof for less less time, and it's easier to swap out if something is damaged. Which you know, if you're surviving 130 mile hour winds. There might be some damage to the panel itself at that point. So talk about the, can you share a little bit about how like the serviceability and the install, like the savings there? Because obviously there's, you know, if it's quicker, there's a little bit of less time, but there's more, I think there's a little bit more to why this installation process is better. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. So um, I'll just give you an example. And this is a, a real example. We have a customer that has this kind of siding and they gave us a sample because literally no one was able to install solar on their roof. And they said, are you able to install it on this stuff? This stuff right here, once it gets wet, it's very slippery. And so this one roof had a very steep slope. Um, for anyone to install it is sort of a risky situation because you're now on top. What we're able to do is we're able to install that safely and we're able to install that quickly. Um, this, the same customer, uh, was uh, surprised, let's put it that way, uh, on how they knew about us. Uh, they were referred by one of our direct competitors who said, we're not able to do this well. Uh, so you, you should be looking at SolarPod uh, for the solution. And so when you're talking about this metal siding here, when you're putting these leg bolts in and I'll show you what, what that is. When you're putting these leg bolts in, what you're gonna do is you're gonna warp that material quite a bit. And it's not going to rest the same way. And if you have to put numerous holes in as you're trying to find this stud, it's just going to damage that. And in the end, uh, some people say, well, uh, some installers, they like to say, well, you know, we, we put um, silicone and we put uh, 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 different fillings in where the holes are. And, you know, that's fine. But all of the caulking that goes in, that's another petroleum product. So again, we're more sustainable in the fact that we don't have to use that. We're also more sustainable in the fact that those mounting uh, brackets and fasteners 
a lot of them are single use. So if they are trying to drill into things and let's say they make a, a mistake, that's just another piece of um, a waste, another waste stream. In addition to that is, you know, what happens here is that if there was any sort of damage, now you're having to replace the sections of the roof. Now, uh, what's interesting is because our product lays on top of it, we're able to disassemble it, move it around, replace sections of the roof instead of having to replace the whole thing or taking out a bunch of brackets that are only single use. Right. I know you mentioned and you showed that metal roof piece. I imagine that most like tile roofs and there, there's a bunch of other kind of roofing that people use. It's you know not as common necessarily in most of the US, but because you're laying on top of it, the actual roofing type isn't really a concern. Am I getting that correct? Yeah, yeah, that's interesting that you say that. So there is an article that was published recently, and we're gonna we're gonna respond to it um, because it's it's just it's basically selling our product for us. Um, oh, so nice, thank a, you. Letter. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's a it's an article by ASES, which is American Solar uh, Energy uh, Society or something. I forgot what the acronym is, but AS ASES has a uh, article that said what roofing type is good for solar. And because they like to sell solar, that's part of what their organization is. They said, yeah, yeah, of course, you can install roof, solar on, on any roof. Doesn't matter what it is, there's a solution for it. And yes, there is, but quite frankly, we're the only one that is able to use the same solution for all roof types. So, um, you know, I dare say that there's not a roof type that we've, that we've not been able to install. And maybe we'll find that at some point, but the interesting thing is that, uh, again, there's a lot of brain power in our company. Um, we have uh, the, the owner of the company is a, is a scientist. He is a PhD material scientist and he's a professional engineer. Um, so again, uh, we have a lot of capability here too in order to figure out problems and figure out the best way to solve those problems. Yeah, and you mentioned so kind of segues well in Everything that you're doing, so you're you're able to improve quite a few different areas from install to you know maintenance level. You're also kind of solar panel agnostic, and that you can put any solar panel, you can mount any manufacturer of a solar panel on. So you can you can choose with whatever's going to be best for a customer there. And then you we talked a little bit about um, this before before starting the recording is the SolarPod Champion because people you've you've come up with that term because people are starting to expect more and that's something kind of across the board every market is seeing it greenwashing doesn't count anymore people are seeing mm -hmm. through it so there's this extra level of expectation and you're seeing that and you're reacting to that so tell tell us a little bit more about you know what that is and how how you guys are adapting to that additional level of consumer awareness and and desire for better things than just it's, it's green. <laughs> yeah, yeah, absolutely. So uh, again, just like uh, right across the marketplace, what you're going to find is you're going to find that customers, you know, uh, they don't want just a, a commoditized service. They don't want, uh, you know, um, random guy solar running out of their, uh, you know, garage to install. They want a, a company that they can trust. And that's definitely something that, that we're noticing. Uh, 
you know, we've been in business for 12, over 12 years, uh, thousands of installations. So again, we're not just, uh, you know, run of the mill company that does that. At the same point in time, uh, we're trying to improve on the product. Uh, CQI is something that I think customers are becoming a lot more savvy about. And CQI stands for continuous quality improvement. Uh, again, you're going to find companies that uh, maybe they rebrand something and they stick some name on top of something. Um, but again, we stand by our product. And that's something, again, high level of, uh, high level of, of customer uh, centricity and customer value. Uh, at the same point in time, we're looking for, uh, you know, we're looking for a challenge, quite frankly. So we're, um, we're not just uh, dealing with our, uh, the product is Z-Rack, which is just on slope roofs or residential. But we've, we've recently, over the last year or two, uh, came out with uh, something called Z-Lite. And that's a commercial value add. And what that does is it allows us to install large-scale flat roof um, uh, installations and those installations uh, require far less concrete. Uh, and I believe it's uh, something like, uh, and, and I'll, have to, I'll have to check and see it. It really depends on the application and the wind requirement, but it, it cuts down at least uh, 50% of the uh, concrete that's needed uh, in order to ballast uh, those material. The concrete is a CO2 emitter. Uh, the other thing that we're doing is uh, the racking is, is readily uh, recyclable. So we're using steel racking instead of aluminum. Steel has a lower melting temperature. Uh, so it, again, it's a lot easier to recycle. Um, again, we're, we're using materials that can be reused and not single use. So again, we're, we're a, a green company, but it's not just a green washing company, as you were saying. Uh, we're actually delivering value and we're trying to uh, again, if there's a better way to do things, uh, we're gonna we're gonna find that out. Um, again, if it's uh, if you're adding solar on on your your roof, but then let's say you're having to replace your roof to deal with the solar, well, I mean, is that the best way to go? Uh, or if you're wanting to get solar on and now you're having to wait because um, you know you're you're waiting to do other repairs in your house or or um, uh, renovations. Well, again, what we can do is we can assemble it and we can piecemeal it apart and we can install it right back how it was. So again, you're not having to have any extra waste stream there. Right. Well, and you mentioned, you mentioned concrete. So that's, we think about, you know, industrial and commercial using huge amounts of concrete, uh, but also I think we talked about ballasts, ballast, concrete ballasts and how minimizing that there's just reducing the amount of, of concrete and other CO2 emitting processes and, and materials. So like your material choice, not having to use caulk, not having to use petroleum-based products as much, recyclable products. Um, you know, is there, as far as you're selecting materials, are you developing custom materials? Are you kind of with your, with that material science background that your founder has, are you, are you trying to develop new materials that are a little bit more customized or just looking for the easiest, most recyclable existing materials to, to just put into the product? Yeah, I mean, I'd like to be able to tell you that, uh, you know, there's some, uh, there's some opportunity in the future of things that we're developing um, and, and be able to release a really cool, innovative, uh, very complex alien technology right now. But 
in the end, there's not a whole lot that I can tell you right now, just because not everything is public facing. Uh, but at the same point in time, yeah, I mean, at, at this stage in our company, we're looking at um, really re using what's existing that already has a, a very established supply chain. Because again, what we're, what we're trying to do is we're trying to install things quickly and of high value and uh, accessible. Now we have some installer networks outside of our, outside of our state, we're based in Minnesota, uh, but we have other installers that are coming, uh, coming and approaching us and saying, we see the value uh, and there's a lot of value in your product. Mm -hmm. uh, again, when you're talking about the ballast material, which is uh, earlier in the question, uh, you're we're talking about pallets full of concrete that we can reduce and we can just not have in that installation. Uh, there is uh, other installations that we're doing that we're coming in and, uh, and I hate to say this, but you know, an installer uh, doesn't install things very well whether it's um, they don't have enough uh, securing on a, on a slope ballast or whether it has to do with um, having water damage and other replacing sections of rough. What we're able to do is we're able to get a solution and sometimes we're, we're saving our competitors in this respect. Which is always good, saving, saving things. Um, well, this is, I love the technology. I think it's great that you're, you're here. Is there, is there any expansion or future direction for the company and your products that you can and totally I work in product development so you're no secrets but is there anything you can share that you you guys are like even just a long-term vision of where you want a product to eventually aim lead to and and go yeah so we have a do-it-yourself product which is something that that we have uh, brought out and you can buy it at Lowe's uh and you can buy it at Menards. Some of these stores are not, you know, don't, don't go everywhere, but uh, Menards, for instance, is mostly Midwest. Um, but uh, we're always looking at, at finding more partners so that people can, can have do-it-yourself solar and they can have an off-grid solution. Now, these solutions, they're one to you know, four kilowatt systems. They're not the largest systems, but again, if you have an ice house, which is more of a Minnesota thing, or if you have a cabin or a, a fishing house, a hunting house, that kind of thing. And what are the alternatives? Well, you know, you have a generator running or you have uh, having to call up the electric company to, to draw electricity to you. And, and sometimes they might charge you for uh, a per foot uh, sort of installation. Well, you know, you can do the right thing and you can have an off-grid system. And, Again, those, those systems, uh, we don't promote them as, as heavily as maybe we could, but at the same point in time, they're very easy to install and they're very popular. Uh, again, we like to sell more of those out of the, um, out of the Minnesota Midwest area. Are you finding, I, I'm, just, I'm just kind of curious about this because you know solar is good and there's some people that are like, ah, oh, it's just too expensive to in install. Are you seeing like your DIY because I haven't seen too many DIY kits for, for installing solar on your roof other than like, you know, really small ones. Are you seeing, is there a trend? Like, are people really receiving it well? Are you kind of, are you selling faster than you expected? Like, how's, how's that comparing to like your, your, your real install, full install? Yeah, yeah, that's, uh, that's an interesting question. Uh, I might get in trouble with the boss for, for advocating this. Um, just because it was uh, it was a big headache for him uh, with customs, but we do have a, a 
install, a do-it-yourself rough uh, install that was uh, purchased and it's installed in Japan and it's functioning and it's, um, the people love it. Uh, we, you know, love to push solar, but uh, I wish, wish the uh, customs uh, situation was a little bit easier for us. Uh, we also have interests in Europe. Uh, there is a, a Polish company or advocate for representative of a company that, that uh, sent out an email is again, hugely interested, but again, if we're not having to, uh, we're just sending a you know, couple pieces, it just is so prohibitive. It takes so much time. Uh, international law is just difficult. So again, not to get, not to get too far on that channel, but the point here is um, if you're talking, do it yourself. Yeah, we do see a, a lot of interest in that uh, on the small side of things. Um, if people are, are wanting to go and, and downsize and have a, 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 a more of a, a small home, I believe that's what they're called, little home. Oh, uh, yeah, downsize. tiny home. Tiny home, there you go. Oh, there's other ones. There's ones made of container homes, things like that. Yeah. So if, if they're looking at having that and they're looking at having that, let's say a little bit further uh, away from an urban area, yeah, the, these systems are, are very well sized. And uh, again, um, if you're not really sure what your needs are, uh, we'll more than willing to help you out. Amazing. Perfect. Well, this has been, this has been great uh, having you have you on and be able to talk and, and have you share about this. I, I love the, the option, the fact that there's, yeah, there's an option for people with, you know, roofs that aren't your standard, just normal, <laughs> normal tar roofs, your, uh, you know, tile and metal roofs that you can't really do properly. So this is great that you guys have a solution for that. It really opens up the market and the ability for more people to have solar, which we need more and more of, of being able to have more sustainable power options. And you've, you've done it in a way that's even more sustainable, which is always impressive when you can jump over technology and then make it more accessible. Um, so yeah, I really, really appreciate you being on here. And for everyone who's, who's listening, where can people find you? What's the best way to get a hold of you guys? Yeah, absolutely. So our website is mysolarpod.com. And for those of us that uh, like to pause the video and, and use a QR code, here's a, here's a QR code as you can go and check out with your phone. Um, but just uh, uh, two other bits I just want to mention here is that the do-it-yourself kits uh, are actually really popular for schools to get students excited about solar. Oh, that's uh, so we've cool. noticed... We've noticed that, uh, you know, it's as a training kit that that becomes very popular. And, and so we're more than willing to help out schools. We love education here. Uh, again, a lot of brain power, a lot of engineering background that we have. So we love that um, uh, uh, partnership. The other thing is that sometimes people approach solar and they say, well, oh, this is uh, going to be 5,000 or 50,000 or somewhere in between that to get solar on their roof. And you know that seems expensive, and and I get it. But at the same point in time, and as we like to reiterate over and over again, uh, is that if you're already going to spend a certain amount on electricity for six years or ten years or twelve years, again depending upon your situation and how how big of an installation you're going to do, if you're already going to spend that money uh, over that period in time. Why not have something that's going to be a performing asset? So. Again, if you're living there for 20 years and it pays for itself in 10 years, 
you have 10 years where it's adding value and, and all of the components are guaranteed for 25 years, except for the inverter. Uh, but the inverter is an easy, uh, it's an easy serviceability uh, situation there. Uh, if it's a string inverter, it's just swapping out a, a panel, uh, electric panel. Uh, one other thing I just wanted to mention as well is that I, I came from process engineering background. So I dealt with critical electronics manufacturing. We're talking implantable medical devices. We're talking about stuff that goes to aerospace. So believe me, I, I'm not going to uh, risk a, a professional career change, you know, for something that I don't believe in wholeheartedly. Um, so again, if, uh, if I help support stuff that gets shot up to Mars, you can guarantee, or you can be assured, let's put it that way, that, uh, I, you know, uh, this is going to perform very well indeed. Um, and so, uh, last, last thing I just want to mention, and I, I'm drawing it a little long for you, but again, I want to make these points. Um, the, the owner of the company, uh, is a professional engineer. So. Uh, again, we have a very high level of professional ethics. If, if we didn't, you wouldn't have a professional engineer, uh, you know, uh, credentials. That's uh, that's a, a serious um, a serious thing. So again, we're um, we try to have uh, high standards. We try to support our community. We try to make the society better and the world better. And we just love to we love to help out our customers everywhere we can. Amazing. Thanks so much. I appreciate your time, Adam. I appreciate your time. Thank you.